Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 498. And the other thing is, guys and gals that are out there with the car thing, you're allowed to talk about other stuff. You really are. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping some gals shake their head and say, well, that's, not, that's pretty refreshing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mike Hennessy. Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, Mark, I have always been buckled up for a fun ride. That's I get up in the morning, and that's what I do. <laughs> awesome. Rock Great. and roll. Rock and roll, man. Good job. Well, Mike Hennessy is the owner of Mike Hennessy Automotive in Santa Clara, California. For over 35 years, they've specialized in purchasing, restoring, and selling antique, classic, and collector cars. He's won the Wave and Creative Awards for his Car Guy Channel television show, where he takes his viewers to exciting automotive events around the country. And for over eight years, Mike has hosted the Hot San Jose Nights event that draws hundreds of cars and enthusiasts and raises money for local charities. And as Mike says, it's not just a car show, it's an event for the entire family. Mike, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Is the show an hour or two hours? <laughs> well, well, we'll see. We'll see where the road takes us here You're today. You're the only guy that said, Mike, hey, talk, tell me about yourself. I can be here all day long. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, that's why we said a little bit, and then we'll get into the questions. Well, that's a pretty good bio that came up about it. You know, I do enjoy, I mean, classic cars is what I'm all about, really. And, and it kind of, you know, you do it every day and we like it. And when you get up in the morning and you work on them, uh, there's days that are tough, but when you finish the product, it's great. I don't know. I enjoy the business a lot. I always said that um, if you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And when I drive the cars and I go somewhere, I hope I really try to do this in my relationship. Hope anybody hears me speaking or even yourself, Mark. But, you know, I'm so into it. It's eight, it's, it's like 24 seven. Uh, I play racquetball a lot. So I have a different world with racquetball. But well, as far as cars, I try not to wear it out at home. 
<laughs> you know how that could be. You know, you, uh, I'm starting a project, and you always think of the color and what you want to do. And so, about what I do is, I really enjoy the automobile business really quite a bit. I love buying them, I love selling them, working on them, answering questions. People always can get a hold of me about asking questions from the TV show. I get that really quite a bit. But about me is it covers um, the whole automotive gamma, and I think the older I get, the more. I've taken off the blinders, and I know there's some people that listen to the show or you know, they have a certain breed of car that that's all they think about, talk about. You know, you're, I'm not going to pick on a breed, but it could be anything. You're a Chevy guy or a Ford guy. What My blinders came off years ago. All right. And appreciate a car as a Carmen Ghia, you know, to a Rolls-Royce Ferrari, Ford Chevy Falcon, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I always say if it rolls on rubber, I love it. Oh, me too. I'm that way. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you as we roll on down the road here and continue with this journey. But I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Mike, take the wheel. Well, that's an interesting question because I really do. Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody had to sit down and think about it. Mine's pretty easy, and even if any, it'd be cool if you had a call and that knew me. So we go, yeah, Mike always says. Uh, but I look at some people sometimes, and I say, honesty is something that you prove, not say. Mm. And in our business, you know, I'm not going to go out there and say, you know, I can, I'm the pro from Dober, and I can do this, and I can do that. And that's kind of really one of my really main sayings, you know. And I have, a, I take a group of guys to an auction. I always have a meeting with them, like you're having a meeting with me. And I sit down, I say, guys, here's the auction rules. Here's my saying: you believe nothing you hear, half of what you see. And if you're not sure, go back to rule number one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think you're right with that. Well, you know, given the business you're in with buying, selling, restoring cars, honesty is absolutely the best policy. It's oh so important because, uh, boy, all it can take is one sour deal to destroy years of a reputation. You've been in business for, gosh, 35 plus years. It's incredible. Yeah, a long time. It, it, it's Of course, you don't make everybody happy, but most of the cars we build, I'd say we're 99%. I bought a car back once. I don't want to say it ever did. And I mean, I know you had Drew on the show, and I think Drew is one of the – he's a great auction company, a great auctioneer person. And, you know, he would tell you no matter how – you know, you can't make everybody happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I feel that people like Drew or myself, I take the effort to do that. I bought a car back. I even said it's just not for them. Yeah. Fortunately, I was in the position to. Uh, I've taken care of problems that might, you know, when you when you sell a car and you have an auto restoration repair store, you're almost obligated to do a comeback for a fuse or something simple or a fuel pump or a gas leak more so than individual at home. Right. And I really try to make a lot of people that buy a car for me. They, like, Mark, this could sound really corny, but a lot of them turn out to be my friends. People that I would even mention today would be friends of mine. This is the great thing about the hobby and the the industry that we're in is it is such a friendly, personable group of people. And as I talk to now 498th guest you are here on Cars, yeah, that is a resonating figure in all our talks is it's really about the people. The cars are just the the avenue or the vehicle that takes us there, sure. the tool, but it's about the people and the relationships we build. So I think it's a great mantra, great way to go through life. Let's go a little bit further back here, and I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment, as you remember it, way back when, when you really realized that, oh my gosh, I'm a car guy? Mark, I, 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 I really wish I'd listened to more of your show. I plan on listening to more of it, probably okay. because I've been on it, of yes, course. Of but course. Um, 
you know, there's a, I think there's all different calibers of people and everybody out there, everybody's listening, everybody we meet, whatnot. Everybody has an inner skill. Some people are, you ever hear somebody say, I'm all thumbs or, or I'm a green thumb. You know, they're great, good with gardening, things like that. Right. You know, if you want to hide money from me, hide it in a book. I'd never find it because <laughs> I, Always been a hands-on kid, uh, working on lawnmowers to mini bikes, go karts. Learning to weld was kind of the biggest amazement of my entire life. Nearly burnt out the house. My mom rented a house. I pulled out the the stove, his electric stove. I'm sticking wires into the hole from a welder I got from a guy down the street. And, oh my! You know, I, I nearly burned up the place. But you know, my mom is pretty good. She raised four uh, four other sons other than me. Total of five of us course you know dealing with that but you know the pivotal point really was seeing something run <laughs> after making a mess out of it and all of a sudden you start it up and it goes down the street so when you said anything on rubber mini bikes i put a you know a honda motor on a, a swin stingray uh, oh my gosh I, I think the good plus of my life was i never grew up with money i had to learn yeah. to fix this stuff and get a car from somebody, but so I think it's just in me. There's no doubt at all. It's kind of bred in me. So that I saw you that question, you sent it over, and I thought, I don't know how to answer. It. That's all I know. You know, I hear that from a lot of my guests, and uh, I love your stories about. You know, I mean, uh, I had a Schwinn Stingray, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how in the heck did you put a, a lawnmower engine on a Schwinn Stingray? But I, I love the stories. It's great, and bless your mom for raising crazy boys. Oh my gosh, she probably had a world of patience and a lot of challenging times with you guys. Great <laughs> stories, absolutely. Well, I would love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've chosen to be, or I haven't chosen, I think you, you are an entrepreneur. You're probably born an entrepreneur, but to have your own business all the years. And that's fraught with a roller coaster ride of ups and downs, the economy, people, business, all of this. But I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career or your life. But tell us how you overcame it and what you learned from it, because that's the most important part of these lessons. That is an excellent question. That's probably one of my favorite questions that you actually have here. Because awesome. the you know making a mistake, I think if, if somebody out there has not, then they're not working hard enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, my wife said the best way to cook a steak is cook about fifty of them, and you'll find a way to get it done. And <laughs> I'm on probably my three hundredth steak. They're all still pretty good. It's good. Uh, the, it's. You know, you make a mistake with the car thing. I think, like I said, I, you learn by your experiences and make a mistake, hope you get back out there, why paint don't stick, why the motor don't start and run. But sometimes the mistake you make can be the other way around. It's with people. In this business, in the in the car business, there's a lot of egos out there, in the, especially in the classic car business. We all run across it because we enjoy the car. We're proud of our car or proud of whatever goes on. But when you're buying and selling, sometimes the Mistake I made, I had a guy come to my gas station. I had a beautiful 1976 Cadillac Eldorado Bicentennial Edition. Car was flawless, 18,000 miles. I don't sell it on the show. So this guy came in, and he was about as rancid looking as an individual could be. <laughs> he had this Monte Carlo that was at the gas station. with was smoking. He's putting water in it. Thing, he's putting air in the tires. It looks like it's been parked for a year. So he asked him about the Cadillac. Well, I was kind of rude to him about it because I was kind of busy and I didn't feel like dealing with him. And so um, I think he even said that I was rude to him, which is okay. <laughs> and then he leaves. He comes back either the lat evening or the next day in a brand new Lincoln. His wife's hair is all done up, you know, like a beehive bubble, you know, because he was a lot older than me. Yeah. He gets out of the car and a nice suit and he says you remember me and I said don't remember you at all sir what can I do to help you he says you know a little different attitude today isn't it Ooh, I said 
Yeah. I said, I said, but somebody that worked for me uh, make you mad? He said, you did. Yeah, it was you, so buddy. What do you mean I did? I, I said, I never met you before. He goes, I was in here with a Monte Carlo. No one would help me put air in the tires. I said, oh, you're the guy that looked like a homeless guy. <laughs> and um, he goes, I want to buy that Cadillac Eldorado. Oh, I said, well, I told you how much it was. And he goes, I want to deal on it. What he winds up buying the car. He winds up buying the car, but when he wrote the check, he wrote the check for $100 less. <laughs> and I said, I thought, we learned. About, yeah, <laughs> I thought we talked about price X, Y, Z. He said, for your attitude, it has to be worth $100. Ooh. And I looked at him and I said, it's probably worth more than $100, really. I said, how about we take, uh, take you guys out to dinner? Yeah. He winds up buying the car, turned out to be a friend. Wow. But, you know, I made that mistake and um, read the wrong guy, read him the wrong way. And yeah. everybody's a buyer out there. I, I always have a statement, you know, go back to the things, you know, called, you know, uh, what you call quotes. I always say buyers are liars and sellers are storytellers. <laughs> and <laughs> I had a feeling, I don't know if you heard that before. I have actually, you know, I had a friend who sold Porsches for years and he said, <laughs> you know, every potential buyer is as good as his word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. That was a fall I had one time with a guy. And I, here's one thing. You le- that's a mistake. That was a, I probably made that once or twice. I've learned today to stop and listen to everybody. You know, it's an awesome lesson for everybody out there listening. And I think it's it's improved over time because uh, you just never know when you run into somebody who they could be, the influence they could have. And it really goes back to the golden rule. Treat everybody the way you'd like to be treated. And if you can remember to do that no matter what a person looks like or the position they're in or what the circumstances are, yeah, you're right. It's an awesome, awesome lesson to learn. I had another friend who sold Rolls Royces and he said – we were trained at the beginning to treat everyone who comes through that door equally, whether they're wearing ripped jeans and a, a holy T-shirt or a pericardian suit, because you never know what might be in that briefcase, and it's usually a lot of cash. So. That's, a gr- that's a great story. The guy down here at Mozart Rolls-Royce here in California, many, many years ago, threw four guys out of his, out of his office. Happened to be uh, Mickey Yor, Mickey Torque or something from the Monkees. Oh, God. The attorney, the attorney looked at him and said, you just lost a sale on two Bentleys. And he throws, get out of my store. All of a sudden, he finds some guy goes, hey, those guys, those were the Monkees. The Monkees, man. <laughs> Sal- <laughs> salesman literally dropped his jaw. Yeah. Hey, we all been there. Uh, we all, yeah, we all yeah. Done it. We all been there and made that mistake. Well, great lesson for the listeners out there. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. It's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new direction, a new idea you have for your business, your company, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. I'm going to probably have to, you know, not going back to Drew, but it's the classic car auction stuff. I Owning the gas station was always pretty good. I'm really kind of, I'm glad I got in it. I'm glad I got out of it. You know, when you have a 16-year-old kid, you know, running your money after you go home at 6 o'clock at night and he's closing up at 11 with his girlfriend staying there till 1130. Um <laughs> You know, and charge you your money, and it did bother me. So finally, the, the pretty neat part was, you know, moving my shop to another another spot. So I was able to come up with money to buy a building. But but going to the classic car auctions, and I'm sitting around looking and seeing different breeds, different things, and let alone seeing the breed of the car, whatnot. Was the most exciting part was the exciting part was seeing there's a guy interested in that particular breed. Yes. A, all of a sudden, I mean, there's a guy all over a VW 21 window bus. What is he thinking? Yeah, for now, so, for a hundred grand <laughs> plus. But, but back then, yeah. Mark, that wasn't a hundred grand. Yeah, that was really cheap. And and but then you see, there's there's an interest in a twenty one window band today. Of course, I'd I'd kiss a guy's rear end to get a good deal on one. But back then, you know, if I'm talking uh, the late seventies, 
and Arnie Addison, um, you know, Arnie Addison passed away many years ago, but he was, he was probably one of the grandfathers of the classic car auctions in its day. He owned Bay City Auto Auction. Okay. Sold, he sold it to General Electric. General Electric sold it to Mannheim Auctions, which Mannheim is huge. But Arnie had, I think, one of the very first classic car auctions. And so I thought, what an avenue to go on. So I would, I'd, I'd look through the paper, anything. It was a classic-ish, but it had to be a convertible for most of the stuff I was picking. Yeah. And uh, I'd pick convertible cars, you know. Put some lipstick on them, and you know, and dress up the tires, and send them over to the classic car auction. And all of a sudden, there's money to be made. That's a big eye opener for me. Yeah, my grandfather was a uh, farmer and a rancher in Texas his whole life, and uh, I remember one time he told me, "There's a seat for every saddle." Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, he was. We, we were at a horse auction. I think I got to go to one with him one time. I didn't get to see him much because I was in Southern California. He lived a long way away, but. Uh, you're right. So, yeah, what an eye-opening moment. Great career moment, too. Now, let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many, you know, in, in restoring and buying and selling cars. You made a lot of people happy over the years. But is there one story in particular? I know you also do some fundraising with your events as well. Oh, tons of fundraisers. But the proudest moment in my automotive lifestyle, you know, you know, we all, I've got to say, you know, my wife, Susan, is the proudest thing in which she really is but we're talking about cars though <laughs> so let's stay focused on cars yeah which by the way susan has been a great help in getting this uh getting us together here we got to do a little shout out for susan there because she's been awesome at helping uh you and i connect here so thanks susan oh people come to events they meet susan i think now of course they're seeing the better side of what, what i do so uh <laughs> susan's just great but uh, a, a proud moment would be i sold that gas station i'm really glad i did and I was able to come up with this money and put a down payment on this building that was on a major thoroughfare here in San Jose, California, in West San Carlos, big building, 5,000 square foot. And I was able to put lifts in there and stand back. And I looked at it and said, I finally have a shop. You know, I don't have to pull out my mom's oven to stick a cord in there to get a 220 thing for an arc welder. And, you know, then picking up some equipment, I went to auctions to buy it because I couldn't afford to go down to our supplier and say, I want any, meeny, miny, mo, drop them off at the shop there where to go. I couldn't do that. So, you know, I'm go to some equipment auctions, find out what's used and, you know, and put a shop together. I was pretty proud the day I put my name on that building. I stood back and said, man, this is what I really want to do for the rest of my life. And that was a... I don't know if a lot of guys can say this is what I want to do for the rest of my life back in the 70s. You know, hanging that shingle out is that first proud moment. And, of course, the next one is that first dollar you make on your own, the first customer that pays you for something that you do, goods or services. So, uh, yeah, definitely a proud moment. Awesome. Great story. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. I'd love to hear about your first really special car and maybe a memory you have with that vehicle. I was dreading that question, Mark. I was dreading, <laughs> dreading it. Now it it should bring back a good memory. Okay, why don't you ask Dan Cruz or 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 Drew what was the favorite car they sold at their auction? Which one they could have kept? <laughs> I, that's why I emphasize the word first. So you're yeah, gonna, you're gonna have to go way back to that that first car you got that you went, oh man, finally I got something I've been dreaming about. Yeah, in the early years, I bought a '63 Corvette many, many years ago. Ooh. I wound up selling the car to uh, Terry Michaelis, by the way. You had to get Terry on the show from from Pro Team, definitely actually, before he had Pro Team. And I put time and money in this car, and I was real proud of it. And I was able to sell that car, and uh, that kind of started some money rolling for me. And uh, 
I was able to put, you know, put, I, I actually owned another home. It was a smaller house. I never wound up not living in it, but it turned out to be a rental. So I went ahead and, um, put that car out, money out of that Corvette and put it into a house. So that car, if I, it was kind of a neat car, 63 plain Jane Corvette, nothing, wasn't an FI car, but I did have an FI unit for it and sold it to Terry. But it was one of those cars I never forget. And I, the only car I've ever owned, so the only way I could pick your question. And the only way I could answer it honestly, it's the only car I remember the license number on it. Really? NEK 510. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget it. Black license plate car. And uh, it had a pretty interesting story that went with it when I bought it. I bought it from a guy, and, and, he, and he wound up dying. The problem was he owed money on it. Uh-oh. To HFC, household finance. So they're looking for the car, and I finally go there and tell them I bought the car from this guy who passed away, blah, blah, blah. And um, I had to get a loan from HSF. They switched the loan over to my name for a fee, of course. Yeah. And um, I wound up doing it. My brother Chuck kind of got me in the deal. Chuck's a good guy. And I said, oh, Chuck. So we wanted, I paid the car off and the cap. So I had an interesting story to it. So yeah. I was. So guys and gals out there, when it, the deal's too good to be true, generally it's not true. It's the case. Well, 63, that's the year of the split window. So that's a pretty special year for Corvette. Yeah, this, this was a Roadster. Roadster. Okay. So well, Roadster. Yeah, but no, no, it's okay. Uh, it's uh, cool anyway. Happened to be a Roadster, no hard top, simple four-speed car, uh, simple white, black interior car, pretty a vanilla car. So out of all the Corvettes I've had and built and done – that one right there is probably the most vanilla one, and it happens to be the car that you were asking what would be a car that I'd remember. Yeah, great story. You know, it's funny you mentioned license plates because my first car was a 1967 Chevy Nova. Oh. And I still remember that black plate California, THU941. I don't know <laughs> I don't know why that, that car was uh, – it was actually a car I didn't like because I wanted something cooler, but my neighbor sold it to me. It was really cheap, and, you know, it served me well it, Took all my buddies and I down to Baja to go surfing, and we called it the Mobile Wave. But THU nine four one, it just came to mind when you said that black plate. Isn't so, that something? A bit people sitting sit listening to the show, going, "Hmm, that's a tough question." And it would be car guys, and wait a minute, my license number was X Y Z through so And you go, "That then I had to say that would be the car I'd have to talk." Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk. Let's go to the other end here. This is a little bit of the sad part of our conversation, and that is the car that got away, the car that you really wish you had back in your garage. Yeah, that's a tough one. I have so many, and I, but I've never, ever remorsed about a car I've ever sold. Oh, good man. I, I finally said, you know, I always say I can always rebuy anything that I've ever or sold, so there's always out there. But when you say that, there was a car that my brother – uh, had, and I mean, I'm telling you, I've loved the car, and it was a 1967 Ferrari 375 GTB short nose single cam Ooh, car. Oh my. Oh, I'm just telling you, when you see the car today, so I know that the money end of it, but far as looks out there, I love all makes and models of cars. I like every design of cars. I like the Gia stuff. I like anything interesting. Now, my taste has changed to, I like interesting stuff more so than the vanilla stuff, but yeah. That car there is just one car that I wish I could have found the way at that time to put the money together, but I didn't even then. Yeah. You know, and today I don't have five million dollars. Uh yeah, well those V twelves, magical cars. Well let's talk let's talk about now and the future. What projects are you working on right now that really have you excited and fired up? 
I'm excited about every car I buy, Mark. <laughs> so when I buy it, I even vision it on the way home. You know, I had a lady call me up just the other day, just a great gal. Janet calls and says, Mike, my son's got the 71 El Camino. It's missing the two front fenders and thinking, oh, where is she going to go? You can have it. Send a tow truck down to pick it up. <laughs> so we send the truck down. But cars out of my collection that I'm building now, that I'm in the process of, uh, is a 1959 Continental. So I don't say the word Lincoln. You got to say Continental because they have the breezeway back window, but it's a convertible. Oh. And so the back window is kind of a little bit of a slant for guys that understand the Lincoln. And the reason why I'm excited about it is because I've never done one. And the, the other thing is, is that it's a, um, it's a Continental large body car. You know, it has the slanted front headlights on it, real big. I mean, things like 20 feet long. And it's a little bit out of my normal character. Normally I do sports cars or more of a, I've done some four door stuff, but it's just kind of exciting to do it. And the other car is a, is a Powell. And the Powell pickup truck, and they only made Powell in Compton, California, and they found a great buy on it. And uh, doesn't have the they were originally they were really a sheet metal company. Not to go into the, the that part of the show, but sheet metal company. The, the Powell is a very very cool vehicle. It's the earliest earliest production number Powell that's out there. No, there's no earlier number known to exist that the club doesn't own. The club, believe me, I'm not hacking on you club guys out there. Please don't give Mark letters or be uh, bad stuff. Club people are so focused on their breed and their thing. And uh, if you make a little mistake, I have on my TV show before, you know, I get hacked on it pretty. You know nothing about, you know, a Chrysler or Ford. Or, yeah. So I make a mistake. But it is the earliest production PAL that's known to exist in the PAL registry. My gosh. Well, the PAL was a really unique, I mean, very square slab side, if I remember. Oh, it had weird. a real flat front, you know. It's very- oh, it's a fiberglass front. And then the back of the car, back with the taillight. The early models, did, the first four or five didn't have it, but they had a little thing. It was a round disc, and you'd slit it sideways, and that's where you put your fishing pole. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, very it's cool. Very cool. This is a two-tone, kind of a minty color, nice. turquoise bottom, and the top is kind of a mint white, actually. It's kind of different. Very period. But- it's very, very cool. I did take out the motor that was it was junk because they were put on Plymouth chassis. Is how Pal built them, uh-huh. and there weren't very many of them built. Uh, I'm guessing there was 90 from someone said, but I don't know. But but I'll move on to other things. But um, out of my collection, I built a 1973 Carmen We're just finishing that car. Oh, that's uh, oh, I had a Carmen in high school. I love that car. Very cool. And then um, I bought a 1966 Ford two door hardtop. It's kind of a fastback car. The car is a total dog. Mark. It's a dog. But we built one for a guy named Roger. Now, he built has a 66 uh, Galaxy 507 liter. And Roger was, is probably one of the greatest guys to work for. We built the 7 liter for him. The car's all done in black. And this car here is the word on the high end of, of restoration. It's spectacular. Wow. And the car is it's all black. We did it in, in, in uh, Standox paint. Uh, triple coats of, of clears, and it's the big, huge engine. And, nice. And I've learned to like Roger's car. And before, it really wasn't that square body uh, look too much. But when I saw Roger's car, we built it, and I drove it. It's four-speed, big engine, and, and all sorts of great stuff. I thought, you know, I want to build one for myself. So I'll move on. I, I, I could go crazy. Now. <laughs> you can tell I'm excited about it. So I got that car. And the other car is a Hollywood Graham, or I should say a Graham Hollywood. Oh, uh, this is the weirdest buy I've done in a long time. This particular gram was on the internet, and someone all grams are four doors except for a convertible. Uh-huh. But this gram, this guy cut the car in half, moved it forward, made it a two door. He put a Cadillac Northstar in the car, and this interior is top shelf. Here's the sad thing about it: the guy who wired it died. 
And the owner who designed this car died. And the computer system has been a literally a nightmare for us. So, um, but I did buy it because I thought it was such an interesting car. A lot of money was put into it. So, you know, if you guys are out there in the buying and selling thing, I searched the eBay and I thought this was a pretty good buy. And I just think the car's spectacular. And it was bought in pennies on the dollar. And I know that you couldn't restore it that way. That's from the four, late, early 40s? Uh, for, a, for a Graham Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're very cool looking cars. They're very, ca- almost cartoony looking. Oh, I, very much in the back window, a little split window in the back. Yeah. And they had a, the hump back. At, and, you know, well, Graham and uh, Hupmobile, uh, even the hub tops are the same as a hub top. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I have an old hub also, and, and which we do, do drive that car, but it's nothing as spectacular as the Graham. Wow. The Graham's cool. So that will have that at one of the shows. I'm hoping to have that at the show real soon. I think we're going to get the computer issue taken care of pretty soon, but I got a real good tech named Jared and he's all over it. So he goes in and, he goes in and out of that project. You got some unique projects on hand. That's absolutely spectacular. And as I mentioned, I had a Gia when I was in high school, 67. Love that car. It was my poor man's Porsche. Really enjoyed sure. driving that car. I'd love to have one again someday. I think they're a great car. Yeah, great fun. All right, we are up to a very introspective question I have for you, Mike. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, I'd probably pick a car that probably would shock you a little bit. <laughs> okay, good. I would want to, if I was going to be a car, I'd want to be a Delahaye. Ooh, wow. Or something, a horse, something that someone would want to keep for a long time. <laughs> I want to be around long as I can. A long can. time. Wow, Delahaye's, yeah. what beautiful cars. I mean, oh. that era, the Talbo, Lagos. The- oh, you hit it right on the head. They're just, it's just such a, the word sexy looking car. It's very, like you were, used the word a minute ago, cartoony looking. There is no doubt about that car. That car yeah. is, without a doubt, the epitome of class. You know, there's your Rolls Royce stuff, of course. There's other breeds we're probably, I don't want to go over people's heads, but there's so, so many odd or odd because people aren't really familiar with them on a daily basis. But, right. you know, uh, RM Auctions is probably one of the most premier auctions for very unique and um, high-end rare sure. uh, one-only cars. Cars come out of Pebble Beach would go to RM Auction over in Monterey, California. And I, I love going because I've seen all the most unique different cars in the world there. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say it, if I had to pick Delahaye-ish. Well, you know, I had Peter Mullen on the show not too long ago, so you must love going to the Mullen Museum. That must just be dreamland for you because all those beautiful old French curves. Oh my gosh! Well, that's that to me. That's the whole. It's a whole different world of of the automotive uh, part of it. And I never. I'm working on a book and to classify. All the stuff. Uh, there's a guy I'm going to get on your show. I'm going to call you named Dennis Maddich, and he wrote this couple racing books. Pretty phenomenal guy. Uh-huh. He's helping me with this, and the, the way I'm trying to categorize it, all the different type of car people there are. We can't put it all in one book. We need the book that'd be seven feet thick. But there's people that, you know, they're really into that type of car. And I know people say, why are you going to the Monterey auction? Those are cars I can't relate to. And I, I, I hear that, and I'm trying to think, well, what kind of car guy are you, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, he'd rather go to one that had more um, cars that related to what he does. And then uh, there was an auction. Meekum had an auction on TV the other day. Kind of Not Meekum, but no, Barrett Jackson had the yeah. auction. It was over in Florida. Right. And the beginning of those auctions, there were a lot of buyable cars. Yeah. So people sometimes, there's worlds of different avenues, what people kind of like um, in the car world. So. Yeah, something kinda for goes everybody. All the map. Yeah, something for everybody. Very cool. Well, Mike, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. 
But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Mike, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I'm ready. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Wow, I'm fast clicked one. Um, listen to what I want. <laughs> yes, listening is a very important tool in everybody's life. Absolutely. I'm speaking as the mechanic and repair person. Yeah, oh, that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listen to what I want. Give me what I want. Yeah. Now, would you share a personal habit that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Yes. Take notes and start early. <laughs> yes. Write this down. I really do. I don't want to rely on my memory too much. I have folders on my desk. My desk is probably the most... Um, Anybody that's listening to this that knows me, that's been in my office, my desk literally looks like, uh, you know, Hiroshima, but it, um, I write things down. I really try to make, and I try to put things in their work orders, write stuff down, and I try to go to their memory. And, um, that's probably, uh, that's, that's, that's good advice to about anybody. You know, you're right. In fact, my guest tomorrow is going to be Ken Lingenfelter, who's got an amazing oh. collection of cars, of course. And, in his business, and uh, that's what he said, was uh, he writes down copious notes and the goals every morning, gets up, makes notes, and loves to check those things off. So sure. I have a glass of wine at night sometimes at the end of the day, and it's almost uh, not – well, may I could say every day that I don't play racquetball, but I play racquetball three nights a week, and yeah. I got a lot of really good racquetball friends. So it's another world of mine, but yeah. um, they're great guys, but uh, they actually kind of keep – my buddy Rich is kind of – He's an inspiration to me as a human being because 80 years old and he's out there pumping racquetball. But yeah, that's uh, that's the one. Yeah. Now, how about a resource? I know there's a lot of great resources out there, but is there one that you look at every day that you think the listeners would really enjoy? I'm telling you, well, the internet is great. I use I use Summit Racing really quite a bit. I use eBay a lot and resources for stuff. Um, I don't think as anybody would dispute would be Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Uh, it's place. it's a source that I use. I'm looking for a part for a guy's car. I was able to find it pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, all the smog brackets on a '79 Pontiac Trans Am we're building for a client, and I found all the brackets on an Oldsmobile engine the guy had, and I sent a guy. It was a pretty good drive to go get it, but I was able to get them. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing what you can find. Find on the eBay, Craigslist. Yeah, great. Craigslist has been quick, down and dirty. We can find it local. Now, you talked briefly about a, a great book, but is there a book that you'd like to share with the Cars Yow listeners you think they should read? God, anything automotive-wise. I mean, I, I tease about me not reading. I like all the, the – the book, if I said this, you could have a couple people laugh, but one of my favorite books to read is Hemming's Motor News. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know how many people have said that. Okay. <laughs> Mark, uh, it's on your desk. Yep. My point is, how many guys have said Hemmings Motor News right off the top? Quite a few. Uh, yeah. Well, it's one of my favorite ones. Dennis Maddich wrote a book of uh, the history of auto racing here in San Jose. The and, and Dan, I know Dennis very well, and you don't meet a nicer guy. And, and heck of a racquetball player, too. But he wrote a book, and uh, I kind of like reading that because it's about my own backyard. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of like that. But then there's the... You know, there's the book, uh, what was it called? No, Cobra in the Barn. Oh, okay. Tom Cotter's book. 
Yeah, Cobra. yeah. Tom's been a guest here on the show. Cobra, all his in the barn books have been absolutely fantastic. But yeah, the Cobra in the barns, a great one. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources on Mike's very own show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Mike Hennessy, H-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y, into the search bar, and that page will pop up with all these great links. There's also a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where Mike's books and the past 497 guest books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Mike, and this can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'll buy you whatever car in the world you'd like to have. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Well, I mentioned, you know, the 375 GTB, you know, Ferrari, because that have to be the car, because I'm... My brother and I, you know, not to be on the emotional side of things, we got along really good back then. Uh-huh. And today we don't get along as good as we should. Oh, I'm it's sorry. It's really kind of sad, but he's a good guy. Uh-huh. And that car, I'm going to tell you, I have never forgot it, and it's the coolest car. So if I had to go out and write a check and be something I'd want to keep to the end of my days, that would be a car I would try to, I would probably nurture it and take care of it and, and kind of keep it because I don't really um, – I love all the stuff that I have or bought and are looking for. But my emotional uh, value changes. It, to me, it's 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 the kill. I like finding it, buying it, and finishing it, and that wears off with me pretty fast. Mark, I'll and be then, honest. Then with you're that. on to the next challenge. I, oh, I'm like the El Camino I was telling you about. I always have an El Camino in my collection. Yeah. One way or the other, but it's um, I'm excited about doing it, and I'm be excited to finish it, and be neat to see what I get out of it. Yeah. It's the there's a kill factor, but yeah. a car to keep. I think I'd keep that Ferrari if I had the dough. Very nice choice, the GTB. What a beautiful car. Sure, it's probably everybody's choice. But. Well, there's a lot of Ferraris chosen here, but you'd be surprised some of the cars that people choose as their one car. It's really across the board, but yeah, uh, that's an awesome car. In fact, I mentioned Ken Lingenfelter, whose show is, goes live tomorrow here on Cars. Yeah, his is an Enzo Ferrari, so uh, oh, yeah. you're in good company there. Well, Mike, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed talking to you, learning more about you and your business, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 375 Ferrari GTB and hopefully with your brother sitting at your side? That would be really pretty cool. I would always like to see that come back together. But, yeah. you know, Mark, I really, you know, sometimes you'd say parting thoughts. I really want to thank you for for having me on because uh, I, I, I like to be out there. And I, I enjoy doing my TV show. I think the show, the Car Guy Channel, has been doing really well. Uh, we've won every award that we could think of to get on it. I'd really like Congratulations. to. Yeah, thank you. I really like we won five Comcast uh, wow. Crate TV awards, the Wave Award, Western Accents Video of Excellence. But that's pretty neat about it. And giving people advice out there, there's so much advice, Mark, out, that people give. And and I'm not saying I don't listen to it all. I actually, the older I get, I listen more, uh, or I've been learning learning to listen. And I mentioned a friend of mine, Rich, I play racquetball with. So I, I admire him tremendously as an individual. He's a great dad, granddad. And I got a good buddy, Keith, I kind of rely to because he's my car guy. When I go to Arizona for Barrett-Jackson, he picks me up and takes me to Barrett-Jackson. And then when he comes over here from Monterey, I pick him up and do the Monterey. Nice. So having good friends like that, my good buddy, Mark, that's local. So I don't know. It, it's just... Um, I'd say if you got some good car guys and, and whatnot, it's, give them a call. Yeah, Don't forget together. to call them. Say hi. Um, stay in contact with it. And the other thing is, guys and gals that are out there with the car thing, you're allowed to talk about other stuff. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I'm yeah. hoping some gals shake their head and say, well, that's not, that's pretty refreshing, but you get to know them pretty well. And, and don't forget, you can have a lot of friends in this thing and try to, you know, try to really watch how much you, I never wanted to ever hurt my, my relationship with my great wife and by over talking about cars. I actually try to really not really talk about the car stuff much at home as much as I, as I'd like to some, I'd like to just lean over and go, Hey, what color do you think that El Camino should be? Or you know, I'm going to two tone that Lincoln. And I just say, um, I don't know, maybe I'm probably more happier, uh, with life now. And, and, and cause I enjoy the car stuff, but I think join people more often. My Susan, and I redid our wedding vows recently and oh, awesome. I find all the car people I could. There's a guy named Ed Archer. I'd love to have on your show. You, you ought to Google Ed Archer. Yeah. Hall of fame and the racing hall of fame. Awesome. And people like him, we had, we had 75 people at my home that are really not all car related. And I really made a point of different segments of my life. My racquetball people, business people, car collectors, personal friends that we have. And that was probably a good experience that I had in my life. Absolutely. Well, we are the culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. So it is so, oh, so important. We mentioned it earlier that this car hobby and fascination we all have, it really is about the people around it. So great words of advice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Well, you spelt my name. They Google my name. I'm out there. I mean, there's more links to me than Oscar Meyer hot dogs. I got a lot out there. The Car Guy channel, the TV show, is easy to get a hold of. Google Car Guy channel. Watch episodes of it. There's, uh, I think, 130 or some episodes wow. on there. Wow. Congratulations. I'm trying to, yeah, we go. Thank you. And we do the events. I'm involved with Dream Machines. There's a huge event. I'm kind of on the board with Tim Beeman on that. Hot Santa's Nights is our, our flagship event that we do. Uh, Mountain View a la carte. It's huge. And I don't never, I'm never picky about cars. Anybody that shows up as a car person, they don't have the money to show a car. I kind of don't want to use the word I don't care, but I kind of don't care. If, if they show up, they kind of have the smile and a good attitude, park your car. Let's have some fun. You know, it's all about charities anyway. None, no money goes to me or Susan. Neither one of us take the money on it. And it goes to usually children events most of the time, uh, the way I kind of look at it. Yeah. Children are women in need, and we work with the VMC, Valley Medical Association. So after I'm off your show, I got a meeting with them today, a nice lunch, and we always make sure they get covered up. But Very nice. You know, that's, that's a good way to get a hold of me, Car Guy Channel, Mike Hennessy, Hennessy Automotive. I'm a pretty easy guy to find. I, I think I, if uh, you can't find me, you're not trying too hard. <laughs> I think so. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Mike's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. You can start there. Just type Mike in the search bar. That page will pop up with all these links. I encourage you to check out what's Mike, what Mike is doing. Check out his TV shows. Uh, here's a consummate car guy that I think you'll uh, want to have as your friend and your pal. Mike, thanks again for being so generous with your time today and for your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thank you very much. I'm proud to be on the show, and I guess I'm going to take off those seatbelts and get into another car because I got to, like I always say at the end of my show, get yourself a cold one. Sit down. Hey, we got to go. Thanks for being on the show, Mark. Thank you. The pleasure's been all mine. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!